Hello, and welcome to a professional episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, the man who actually wrote the book on drywall, Myron Ferguson from Saratoga, New York. Myron has been in the game for over 40 years. He's built homes, and uh, what about this book? And he put me in touch with the, the woman. Wait, he, wait, the studio photographer had just written a book? No, he photographed a book for somebody. He photographed a book and he was like, Myron, you should write a book about drywall and I'll photograph it for you. Yeah. So he put me in touch with the woman he did the work for. So the three of us collaborated to put together like a proposal. I don't know if that's the right term for it. He felt compelled to, he felt like there should be a drywall book, this yeah. weird photographer. That seems yeah, interesting. Well, let's face it, drywall is captivating. Myron and I have followed each other on social media and various circles for years, and I absolutely enjoy this interview. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you today by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you would like information about Fresco Harmony, The Drywall Podcast, or anything, you can email me at info at frescoharmony.com. But for now, Myron Ferguson, the original author of The Drywall Book on the 35th podcast of the drywall podcast let's get into we it we have myron ferguson that drywall guy out of saratoga saratoga new york with us on the drywall podcast today how exciting is this yeah i've been looking forward to it i really um i love talking about drywall and i'm really glad you uh connected with me something i was thinking about uh before <laughs> Before we talked, you said something that actually kind of touched my heart a little bit. You said you were jealous. Uh, If there's one thing that a drywall guy likes to do, it's make other drywall guys jealous. Um, (laughs) uh, You said you were kind of jealous of the, uh, that I was doing the podcast. We were talking a little bit about how much work it was and things like that. And uh, um, yeah, it's just been an absolute uh, absolute blessing. I'm not sure why I was thinking about that, but it was a very, to me, it was a very like a, a show of humility on your part, because I feel the same way too about all those people that get all the like, you know, 4,000 likes on a post and I get like, you know, crickets. I I feel yeah. the exact, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're always comparing yourself to somebody else. And yeah, I've always been competitive. So I want to be the best at everything. But I also, as I've gotten older, I like having more free time. So yeah. I didn't dedicate, you know, 10 hours to every podcast. So I'm I'm gonna let you do it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And we've got some other people climbing on board. Brawley's dad, Sean Ramsden out of Canada, is starting a little podcast thing up there. He's got some episodes he's dropping and he's going a little broader spectrum. He's got like a tile person and um, really excited to see what he does. Um, Where are we going to go? I've known Myron for a while. We'll go back to the beginning of our relationship. Uh, You reached out or I reached out to you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, talk about that a little bit. I guess I reached out to you with the fresco because you were like popping up on all these social media feeds. And I was like, I got to get this guy some product or something, man. He's got to try out the fresco. Yeah, you you mentioned it to me. And um, I so I, I had to try it because I was actually at the time looking for something because I'd been using another product and I can't remember the name of it, but they stopped making it. Okay. Uh, and it worked pretty well, but I had to buy my own color and it was, it was a big hassle. Okay. But it was a nice finish. Cause I had been trying the Venetian, which is, a, you know, it's different and it's, I was having a little trouble getting exactly yeah. what, what I wanted out of it. So I was looking for something easier and you know, once I tried the Fresco Harmony, I was very happy because the substrate didn't have to be perfect. Right. I think that was key because my experience with, um, like, the Venetian was, if I had a little ridge seam, that kind of flashed through when I was done. All the little imperfections I started out with were difficult to hide. But with the Fresco, it was... Um, you know, I've gone over concrete block walls with it and right. You know, right. Walls and everything, you know, how long were you researching these different, uh, these sort of these plaster methods? Cause you are, let's for our listening audience. Um, Myron is that drywall guy. So, you know, there's no disputing he's a drywall through and through, but so you were, you were sort of playing with some of these cause you played with a couple of different methods, right? Right. I, I was always trying to expand my business because I feel as if I have a lot of skills and, and um, just going in and taping every day wasn't really satisfying me. I wanted to do something more artistic, you know? And so I tried um, Venetian, like I said, and then I actually tried that American clay. Okay. And I really liked that finish. Yeah. It was a little difficult to work with and it wasn't very durable. Right. So I was looking for something else. Um, just to differentiate myself. Well, because yeah, like I say, if I'm at the job site, I kind of want to stay at the job site and you know do other things, you know, and, and yeah, other masters and things like that were something I really. Do you do anything other than uh, drywall? Well, you, like tile, or do you like you know finish floors or? No, no, no. I'm the I'm the fourth generation building contractor in my family. Okay. So I probably can do anything. You know, I've built probably a dozen homes over the years. Um, okay. So I can do all that stuff, but I I don't really do it for other customers too much. Like the homes that I built were kind of like for family and myself. They weren't for right, you know, out for you know, actual business. But I can do all that stuff. I really enjoy building furniture. Um, but there again, I just do it for my myself and my family. Sure. How long, when did you start uh, getting into this stuff? And why did you to choose drywall, you know, to, as that angle to go down? So I, I assume, are you the first generation drywaller in your family? Yes, yes. Well, I didn't plan on doing it. Okay. Actually going to college for to be a forest ranger. Okay. And and I did that for three years in um, Alabama. All right. So after living three years in Alabama, I just decided I wanted, I needed to see snow more often. So I moved back <laughs> home 
And then I moved back home with my parents and my grandfather lived next door and he had a construction company. So after one day, he came and dragged me to work with him. And yeah. I was low man. So I was looking for something, to, you know, to give myself some self-respect on the job site. So I started doing a little drywalling jobs for him, you know, like we remodeled the bathroom and I liked it because nobody else in the company liked it. So I'm like, I'm going to get good at something. Ah. So they think I've got skills, you know? And then two years later, I quit his company and I went into the drywall business. And this was all around 1980, 82, I think. Yeah. Cause I got married in 1982. And right after I got married, I started uh, my own drywall business. So. How old are you Myron? If you don't mind. Pardon? How old are you? Uh, 65. So I've been doing this for 40 years now, pretty much on my own for 40 years. Okay. That's a, that's a while. It's crazy to look back on, huh? I know. And I, I was thinking about, about that before you, before we started talking and I was trying to think, what would I have done different? And I don't really know if I would have done anything different. I mean, I stayed a small company because I'm very hands-on. It's hard for me sometimes to trust and I'm very concerned about quality. So I stayed a small company, so maybe I didn't make as much money as I could have, but I enjoyed it. And being, you know, fourth generation, um, we've got all these customers like my cousin and my brother, everybody, Oh right, son-in-law, they're all contractors. And it was kind of fun to be on the same job sites all the time with, with members of the family, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so that helped, that helped for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. you, uh, so you're the second author that we've had on in uh, a little bit. Um, we had Kevin Bush, who, you know, uh, right. wrote, yeah. wrote, uh, adventures in drywall. Yeah. And what a character that guy is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've, I've hung out with him quite a few times. Okay. I, it's funny because it was walls and ceilings magazine. He was writing for. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got to know him. And I actually met him and then he was working for a company. I, I think it was grabber, but I'm not sure. Anyways, I was, yeah. doing, I was doing a drywall job in Rhode Island, which I was staying overnight. There it was a friend of mine, his son's house. So they do all plaster work there. It's, you know, it's plaster. Nobody does drywall work. So, okay. so here I am coming in to do a drywall job. And I remember the, the contractor like spit on the floor. He was so disgusted that we were doing drywall instead of plaster. Beautiful. So I vowed I'm going to do the best drywall, best damn drywall job in the state of Rhode Island. And okay. I wrote an article about it. And that was the title I submitted. Uh, Best it, damn drywall in Rhode Island. Yep. But it didn't get, it got published, but it didn't um, have that title, of course. So Wait, anyway, what, what was the title? Sorry, I don't remember taking it up a notch. I think I feel yep. like best damn, I feel like best damn drywall in Rhode Island would have been a better title. It would have sold more magazines. <laughs> anyways, I called Kevin up because I okay. wanted to do a level five finish with that. Um, primer surfacer type stuff that you put on like it's quite thick like four mils thick or something anyway so i told him about my plan 
And he came over, he came up and did it for me. He sprayed the whole house uh, with a level five finish. And we did create the best damn drywall job and better than a plaster job in the whole state of Rhode Island. But nice. Yeah, with Kevin there. Why was, uh, so you worked with Kevin to create this. What were you guys using? What were you spraying on? You, you've heard of the primer surfacers. It's, um, it's a primer that has to be sprayed on. You can't back roll it or anything because it's put on quite heavy. I don't yeah. know how thick, but you know, it's mills, but it, there's I, a company here in Albuquerque that's doing that right now with a, with an acrylic finish. Uh, it, for, that's what it was something like for that. commercial it's for commercial but uh you know it's supposedly affordable uh, you know yeah it's not bad i mean it's a very hard finish i mean it's not a plaster finish but you can't like scrape it like a joint compound right but, and and i had my painter applying it on jo certain jobs for me not everywhere but like on a cathedral or would you paint over this surface then you then you paint over it yeah now, if you were just doing ceilings and you're keeping it ceiling white, then you're done. You didn't have to do anything else. Beautiful. So it was it was nice, but it was really fun to, um, you know, accomplish that and have them. You know, I just called him, asked him about. It. He brought it up and donated all the materials and did all. Oh, the really? Was he yeah. was he was he pushing that product or that system yeah. or he just he was? That was at the time he was working for them. I think it was Grabber. Yeah, it was. I think that's who he was selling no coat for grabber. Yeah. But I think grabber also had, you know, other, other products. And I think this is one of them, although I can't. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll yeah. talk to him. Cause you know what I'm considering is bringing adventures in drywall to the drywall podcast and doing a quarterly with Kevin. Cause he's just got, you know, story after story. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. worked with him. The guy's a riot, you know? So yeah, he was funny. <laughs> I, uh, I know I've always been trying to, you know, make money. It's all about making money, really. But um, when I was doing the um, drywall work back in the '90s, I just wasn't making any money. You know, I was just like broke. And I'm thinking, geez, I'm pretty smart. Why can't I make money? Yeah, and I have all these skills. So I was going to go out of business. I was right. going to give, and then I was like, I was, I was telling you, I was drywalling a studio for a photographer who had just photographed a book. And so he's like, Oh, Myron, you should write a book on this. And then he put me in touch with the, the woman. Wait, he, wait, the studio photographer had just written a book. No, he photographed a book for somebody. He photographed a book and he was like, Myron, you should write a book about drywall and I'll photograph it for you. Yeah. So he put me in touch with the woman he did the work for. So the three of us collaborated to put together like a proposal. I don't know if that's the right term for it. He felt compelled to, he felt like there should be a drywall book, this yeah. weird photographer. That seems yeah, interesting. A, well, let's face it. Drywall is captivating, you know, you know, whatever you're at. That's job, true. Everybody's like, oh my God. Well, let's yeah. talk about guy for a while. He's got skills. and it, No, it's true. It's very meditative and people will just sort of stand there wistfully. But like sometimes too, like, and stilts is a dead like killer. You know, you walk into yeah. a room on stilts. It's like a showstopper. Everybody's like, right. whoa, what the hell is that guy doing? You know? 
Yeah. So I guess, you know, one thing led to another, but this was before you didn't have just the internet. You couldn't just like Google, you know, publishers or anything. Yeah. Was what really what year was this? Sorry. Like 1995. 95. And maybe there was, yeah, there were certainly computers because my wife was a computer programmer, but I certainly didn't know how to turn one on. And um, so I went to the library and found uh, all these publishers. But at the time I was subscribed to Fine Home Building Magazine, which is taught in press. And um, behind my, and I'm, and I looked at the magazine, I'm like, I'm not going to even send them a proposal because I'm like nobody, right? You're just a stupid drywaller. Nobody's right. going to, nobody's going to listen to you. They don't care. No, they're going to laugh. So, but then my wife, <laughs> they're going to be sitting, sitting around the conference room, laughing at this proposal from Myron Ferguson. I can right. see so it now. My wife sends it. And then they call me up and I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what's going on. So that they, was fine. Sorry. That was fine. Home building magazine. Fine home building magazine. Yeah. They have a bunch of magazines, so they are really taught in press. They're out of Newtown, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in uh, Home Depot. Yeah, yeah. They're they're every place. So now they invite me down. So I drive. Got to drive down to Newtown, and I've never even been in an office building before, right? So I'm like sweating bullets, and everybody there is interviewing me um, to see if I have a clue, right? So then they send me home. They must have liked me, and they said, "Go write a sample chapter. We need one chapter with photographs." Well, you so your wife sent a proposal. Was it was it like a uh, what what did she send in at that point? Did you had, had you written like, had you written something? Yeah, yeah, I had like ten pages with photographs and okay. just um bio too of who did I was. Did you want. have a Did you have a title? No, no, okay. it was just a shot in the dark. You yeah. know, it's probably just the drywall book or something. Okay. You know? So, so I don't, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. So, yeah. They, you know, then I wrote the sample chapter, and then, then they give me a contract, and now I have like to write this thing. Shut the hell up. So, uh, you wrote uh, how how much how how long was the chapter? I did. I chose the simplest chapter. I chose the chapter on sanding which is probably like 15 pages or something. God, that sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know yeah, what? And, and my boring. apologies, Myron, I do. I need to, uh, I need to read the book. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, I, but you know, talking to you now, I'm like, I wonder what the hell a chapter on sanding would, would be like. <laughs> I probably should have chose a more fascinating topic. But yeah. Like maybe texturing or something. Short, short chapter <laughs> that was before i even used um power sanders it was just all just oh just yeah a hand sander I yeah roll. the the wooden pole with the square head that's all you had yeah. right and yeah. then so uh what would the contract look like for something like that yeah a certain amount of time they're gonna pay you x amount per chapter they want so many pages how'd it look yeah, well i had a con i had to have it completed in one year and it had to be available to help with editing. And I had to hire a photographer. Because okay. they were like a photographer. So the photographer had the, his own contract with them. That guy needs to be an agent. 
Uh, yeah. He's probably well, he's probably an so agent. Much a photo or something. Okay. But my contract was about they were paying me some upfront money, and then I was getting a percentage of the sales, a royalty off of all the sales. So what do you get? I mean, this is like ancient history, dude. What do you get for upfront contract like that? Five k. Yeah, maybe five thousand something all like right. that. And then I got a percentage. I don't remember what the percentage is, was, or even is right now, but it's not that high, but it's, it's actually higher than a standard. It, it was, it wasn't bad, you know, it wasn't bad. So you get a percentage of book sales now still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but 5k in the nineties, that wasn't nothing to sn sneeze at. I mean that it, it was decent. You were probably elated. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just like dumbstruck about the fact that I was doing this and I was yeah. kind of, I mean, I'm like telling everybody and they're probably all looking at me thinking, well, who cares? You know, what's wrong with you? You know, I'm like, well, no, I think I mean, writing a I book, didn't write a novel. I wrote a book about drywall. You yeah. Know? But that's a big deal, Myron, you know? Yeah. I, and it's kind of interesting because I know some guys, like I'm friends with a guy who's a custom stair builder. Like if you were building an $8 million house, this is the guy you would hire to build yeah. these crazy stairs. And um, Like Bernie Mitchell. Like you'd have Bernie Mitchell come in and do a mural for you. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> And meanwhile, I, I'm good friends with this guy, and he's kind of laughing at me thinking, because I do clinics and, and training and stuff too, and a lot of times he's there teaching stair building, and I'm – two booths over teaching drywall and I've got like people mesmerized and all I'm doing is holding up a bag of setting compound, you know, and he'll walk by and he'll be like, what is wrong with those people? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but it's a topic that you're more likely to do drywall work than you are to build custom stairs. Yeah. So I have a larger audience. Ah. I and that's, you're talking, you're talking about DIYers. Yeah. My audience is much larger. Yeah. It's not necessarily DIYers. It's rot remodelers. Okay. You know, my biggest audience has probably been remodelers and do it yourself. That's who I'm selling the book to. But I really thought, well, I'll sell it to all these drywallers. But really all I got mostly from the drywallers was, was criticism. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who are you? Who are you yeah. to write a book on drywall? Yeah, I'm stealing all the work from them, you know. Yeah. yeah. But that that was a crazy part. The, the nerve, Myron. The nerve to write the drywall book. Like, I know. And I'm like, wow, okay. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. And no nobody like <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Uh well, I mean, but uh no, you know, nobody scoffs at uh, USG. You know they wrote they wrote the the handbook for like apprentices and the you know and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And of course, I at the time, I had to use the USG handbook as a reference. Oh, and okay. I, I had to call these companies up, and I called out everybody. Send me information, or can I use you as a reference, or can I call you back and ask questions? Sure. So it, it was it was a lot of work. But because I did all that, I met a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I sell this book <laughs> and it does really well. And I'm become like nationally known 
and um and what's okay all right well let's not jump ahead what's the name of the book um <laughs> drywall professional techniques for walls and ceilings there's only one bitches and myron ferguson wrote it yeah. <laughs> and where, yeah. wait where can i where can our uh, listeners get the book um well it, you can get it like on amazon amazon uh, audible some of the big box stores sell like menard sells it okay um, libraries have it um any books bookstore um I, I mostly probably people are getting it online now for a long time it was in lowe's and home depot i'm getting well, one I, they have it there anymore. Um, I'm getting one. I'll bet you they have it on Amazon. I'll just go in there. Yeah, yeah, it. they do. You can definitely get it there. Yeah, and I've I've revised it four times, so make sure you get the one with um, the fourth revision. Okay, so uh, so this is around ninety five. Did you accomplish the book in the amount of time that they allotted you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and you it, came in. Got it done because I was still in my business. Yeah. Trying to get all these crazy photographs. And um well, and I putting the book together is no small feat. Uh if you're out there, I I've never done it. I have a lot of admiration for anybody that's written a book, absolutely. Um, but uh as you could probably attest, a lot of work went into that book, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of work because we didn't edit it on the computer. Right. They would, they would mail me a hard copy, just pages. Yeah. And I would edit it on that paper. Yeah. And then yeah. either and, and you weren't or, you weren't pussyfooting well, around. You were like you wanted you wanted to create the best drywall book you possibly could. So you were probably yeah. not only doing your own, you know, you've done your own research, but you were really vetting some other professionals, the USG handbook all of this stuff and really probably learning a ton about different systems, different drywall techniques, like all this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned an awful lot because yeah, I learned to do drywall work to start with. I just, you can go on Instagram and ask drywall shorty like, Hey, what well, you know, why are you setting your box at three? You know, what's that all about? She's like, yeah. oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you could, I mean, anybody could learn how to drywall uh, if they really wanted to. I talked with the uh, Josh uh, Gray out of, uh, out of Colorado, the drywall artist. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get a lot of criticism, but I learned to drywall on the internet. <laughs> like instagram you know yeah. um but that didn't exist when you wrote this book so you had to really you had to pick up the phone no, it and... didn't i mean i didn't even know that a curve trial existed you know okay. that for, i didn't know that i was using a regular flat mason's trial sure then, but then i that was kind of my own fault i never went to a drywall yard um i used to just call them up and i would say you know this is my order right and then one day I went to my drywall supplier and it's just like, I was like in a candy store, you know, they've got all these taping knives and, and all this stuff that I yeah, hadn't seen before. <laughs> and that's when I discovered like um, the tape for inside corners, you know, because the, when I first started in the business, like NOCO and Trimtex and, and straight flex, they didn't have that nice tape for the inside corners at the time. Okay. Using paper tape or rounding it off with a special technique. 
And then once, once I discovered that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it, it became so much easier. You know, yeah. every little, you know, we just nailed on metal corner beat. And yeah. casually, I, I mean, I haven't nailed on a piece of metal corner beat in 20 years on purpose. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> there's better options, better options out there. And the industry has evolved tremendously. It's not the same as it was. Because I remember when I went into business, I could keep all the tools I needed, like two five-gallon buckets, you know. And yeah, it was simple. It was easy. It was easy to, inexpensive to get into the business. Yeah. Um, but it was it was hard work. But now, I remember the first time I decided I was going to try automatic taping tools. It was Ames was giving a class down in Pennsylvania, right? Now, what so, year is what year is that when you uh, first stumbled upon automatic taping tools? Probably maybe two thousand. Because now okay. I'm kind of well known, and and I'm, I wasn't using automatic tools, so I had to take it up a notch. So that's about when I got in the trade uh, around 2000, maybe 2001. Uh, they yeah. they they were using those tools. Well, yeah, it was. I had heard of them, so I go. I drive down there. I take this little class, and I promised my wife I wasn't going to buy anything. Well, I think <laughs> every tool they had. In the back, of yeah. You come back with magic beans. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was it was just like, you know, I mean, I didn't know what to think because they were so good and they're so productive and and um. You didn't uh, you you weren't skeptical like a lot of these hand finishers that are around you. You saw the tools and you instantly saw the value in them. Oh yeah, it was there was no doubt. There was no doubt. They, you know, and my competition around here, some of them are still hand taping. And I'm oh, just yeah. kind of thinking, why? You yeah. know, when you can, you can increase your production. I don't know how much, I don't know the percentage, but. Well, the big reason I get is because they, uh, hand finishers feel that their finish work is still better than, than you running the tools. Right. Like you can get a better product by finishing with your hands versus the tools that's the feedback that i've sort of observed well they're they are partially right i think because i started out hand taping i have the skills to address all those little issues that the, the automatic tools can't do you know like how do you blend it into the corner bead how do you handle that butted seam that's terrible yeah you know? Um, there's a lot of little, you still have to know how to hand tape. You absolutely still absolutely. have to know how to hand tape and you have to know how to float out of bad butt. Going back to the book, this book comes out. Uh, I, I we'll, we'll get, we'll get back to the automatic tools versus hand, hand finishing. That's always a great conversation, but, uh, going back to the book, you put this thing out there, you make some money on it. Uh, Prior to the launch of the book, how much money did you say you made on this thing over the course of a year? All this work is back and forth work with, uh, and it's not Fine Home Buildings Magazine, or is it, that's writing this book? It's Totten Press. Totten Press. Okay. Yeah. And they, they're, Press is... they're the publishers of Fine Home Building Magazine. Right. Yeah. They and they see a they see a value for uh the professional drywall book. They find they find Myron Ferguson to write it. 
you guys polish it up and it's launched. What happens? Well, it just, it seems, it just takes off. I mean, uh, <laughs> people the, can't get enough. People can't get enough drywall. Yeah. I mean, I was selling a thousand books a week. Shut the fuck for, up. For years. That is nuts. For years. Yeah. So was, and they so they put the book in. Do they start regionally? How do they how do they disperse the book? Well, I I don't really know. I was okay all, after I submitted it and was done with editing. They just would send me a check every three months. You know what's so, what's a check? What's yeah. a check look like from Tottenham Press uh, for the drywall book every three months for Myron? Um, I was I was making fifty sixty thousand dollars a year. Just off, off the book. Off the book, yeah. Yeah, because for your listeners, all, uh, for the listeners too, realize that making money from, you you have all these aspiring authors out there that work their ass off to get published. And this is this is a real, this is a true Cinderella story. I mean, you know, what, what happened to you, Myron, is very odd and rare, yeah. you know, just to be, weird, just yeah. to be clear, like, you know, but... I will give you credit where credit's due, you, or at least your wife, because she sent in the fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. You know, she sent in the you original. Uh, credit, really. Uh, but to give credit where credit's due, you you did the work. You did what you needed to do, and uh, so for how many years would you say? And you're making this is residual uh, income off of the the. They're giving you a percentage of sales. Right. Right. Yeah. How how long would you say that uh, you rode that tidal wave? Oh, probably 15 years. Oh man. Yeah. I mean just gravy train, buddy. Right. You know, but I had buys <laughs> it a couple of times, which was no big deal. Right. Um, it really kind of lost the book started losing books don't sell that well anymore because sure. you, to, you know, yeah. um, I, I think you can actually get portions of the book. You you know, like if you just want to buy one chapter, Totten has it. You can. They they were trying that. I don't know how well that went. I would I would buy the audio version if they have it. If they don't, I'd be interested in reading the audio version for you. Yeah, I'll have to bring that up. Yeah, because I do it. Bad idea. I'm doing a book now. I'm doing a book now for Buck Buchanan. He's written three books and he wrote a book about the EFS industry behind the walls. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started reading for him and he liked it. You know, just like you, I submitted a sample and he liked it well enough that he's having me read this, his first book, which is called First and 30. And it's about like football and this weird story, but I don't care. I just wanted to read an audio book. I thought it would be fun. And, uh, it's like it's a personal challenge to me, but I do enjoy it, and I would be open to uh, reading your book. Um, you know, it'd be cool. Um, yeah, we we could talk idea. we could talk about no, no. that offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so you're riding the gravy train. You got fifty thousand rolling in off this crazy drywall book that's uh, that's getting out there in the world. How many copies sold uh, to date? I think about 600,000. Jesus. That's yeah. awesome. It's, you know, it was, 
it was pretty incredible to, uh, and I have the number two best-selling book from Totten Press. You know, Shut I up. My, my book is sold. The only, the only one that has done better is the Habitat for Humanity book that um, it's called, I think that was called How to Build a Habitat House. How and do that, you spell Tottenham Press? Is that like Tottenham, England? T-A-U-N-T-O-N, I think. Tottenham Press. Okay. They have fine woodworking. They have fine cooking. Um, okay. you know, who knows what else? And now Totten Press is doing a lot of other things as far as you can hire them to do something for you. Like, like let's say you wanted to do a, a really nice video or um, something on Fresco Harmony. They would come with their video crew and video you doing it, and they would you know, do a real nice job right. creating for you because I've, I've worked with them on a number of projects. For... Well, we got to revise the drywall book so that it includes a chapter on color joint compound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got, <laughs> I have a chapter called decorating drywall. That was about it. And I don't know what that includes. I forgot. I think it would be fun. A book about various types of plaster would be interesting. You know, something like that. I mean, if I wasn't spread as thin as I am, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but you have to imagine, you know, I'm selling color packs. You know, it takes a while launching. Yeah. A product, and this is your only product that you developed yourself. Uh, yeah. So getting people to take you seriously. Hard. Yeah. That, hard part, that part was really tough. Um, getting... <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of I'm cresting the 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 mountain, you know, to where people like you, you know, where I'm getting more credibility. People have like used it, they like it, they're giving it a favorable, uh, they're giving it favorable feedback. So that that helps. But yeah, when you're coming out of left field, being like, "Hey guys, I'm coloring joint compound. It's really fun. You guys, you guys should do it." You know, people are like, "Shut up, dude. Get away from me. What's wrong with you?" Right. Yeah. Then just. <laughs> Then now you're trying to get into stores and stuff, and they got to. Yeah, yeah. You can actually produce and yeah, supply. Yeah, you know, it's it's not an easy thing, like because you you're getting brand recognition. Like if you were like, let's say you're selling. I'm not sure if you're even trying to do this yet, but let's say you're in Sherwood Williams. Now, oh yeah, that would be a different level. Now you're you've got their brand recognition attached to you. Um, which is a big, which might, might be a big help, except they're taking all, they could maybe take all your profits and now you're, you're working. Depends for on, it depends on how well I establish the brand and I'm first to market. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, like, I really need to power forth, you know, because, uh, there's people watching the more popular the get you get, the more you sell, the more valuable what you're doing becomes. Right, right. So I have to be careful with that. You know, I mean, you know, patenting, it ain't going to do shit. You know, people are, people can do whatever they want. They're just watching right now. Yeah. So, uh, 
So Myron Ferguson, he's got this book and you're like, you, you, you ride the tidal wave for like 15 years during that time. You obviously don't have to work as hard at drywall. So that, that alleviates a lot of space for you to maybe do some, start some of these clinics. I mean, what's your, uh, you know, what do you go into after that? I mean, you said you spent all your money, uh, you know, on drugs and gambling. No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, you said you put all your kids through college, bought houses and shit. Like, uh, but yeah. uh, what are you doing at the time? You're building houses. No, I was. Now I've kind of got a little. I feel, I feel like I'm important. Like I'm somebody, right? Because I've done. You this. are. You are important. I, so I, I went to um, the. Did you ever hear of JLC Live? Yes. Well, I've seen because of you. Someone, yeah. well, someone was really calling me, like trying to get me because of well, you. The best are you? I know. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I but, do, and I'm I'm interested, but it's like, uh, yeah, I it, you know, for me, money wise, like I have to really watch my dollars. I am going to uh, to uh, they call it Build Twenty Three. It's an Intex show this year through the AWCI. I will be there this year. That's going to be my first national show. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm good in front of an audience, but that was when she was calling me, that was a few years ago and I, it's just, I couldn't warrant, you know, I'm like not going to go yeah. out to New York. Oh, I know how it is, but they're always asking me for products that I like that we might have at the show because sure. journal of light construction is a magazine. JLC. Obviously. And then they decided they're going to bring the magazine to life. They're going to have this trade show where they're just, they got, sure. kind of, they're doing stuff that they wrote about. Yeah. So I heard about this show. So I just went to it. It's in Rhode Island. I just drove up there as an attendee. And sure enough, there's all these carpenters doing clinics. Like when yeah. they actually built a house inside this. Um, cool. I mean, they built a full scale house. So, but their drywall work was horrible. It's like they didn't even care. <laughs> Who cares? So about, I, hey, Nate, Myron, nobody gives a shit about drywall. You could just, you can just, I think they were putting it up with can, a hatchet. I don't know. Yeah, you can gloss um, over that step. That step doesn't matter. They were going to trim it out, you know. So <laughs> Yeah, put I, up wood paneling. <laughs> I'm standing there watching this thinking, what is wrong with them? Um, so I found <laughs> the person who was like the head of the show. And I went up to him and I'm like, hey, I could help you do this. Right. And then I had, I brought a copy of my book and I gave him a copy of the book. Oh, uh, they probably loved you. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. So they hired me for the next show. Yeah. Was in Las Vegas. Right. Okay. So I've never been any place. Right. So I'm, I'm in Las Vegas and I've got to do a one hour clinic in front of like 300 people. Awesome. And it's full scale. I mean, I'm on Baker scaffolding, drywalling a skylight. Have you ever spoken in front of people at that point? No, no. <laughs> Terrible. So, so I'm you're in Las Vegas. You're in Las Vegas for the first time in your life, yeah. kind of yeah. away from home. You're spreading your wings a little bit. And then you yeah. uh and then you're speaking. You get to speak in front of all these like know-it-all GCs and like contractors. How how exciting. Yeah. Well, I was hyperventilating. <laughs> The person who was the sound person came up and adjusted my mic. Well, I knew what I was talking about, you know? Yeah. They, and, yeah. 
So after one hour, I took one hour, and after one hour, I got people applauded me. So I'm like, I, I'm hooked. It was yeah, it was, yeah. It was horrible. I worked my butt off to get ready for this, but I liked it. So yeah, I started doing it, and then but then JLC decided. Yeah, but what did you get from that show? Did they pay you to do like a a presentation? They paid me a thousand dollars. Okay, well, that that's not enough. <laughs> right, <laughs> wasn't enough. But at the time, everybody was getting paid a thousand to do this. It was just because we loved. So all of a sudden, yeah, I met all these other people. Yeah, you're making strategic contacts at that point. Yeah, it was it was great. The so I met all these other people, and um, they were fascinating, and. I, but I had my own little niche. I wasn't competing with any of these other guys. And so I, they just all accepted me as this goofy drywall guy. Yeah, the goofy drywall guy that wrote a book. And yeah. well, then they started calling me. Now, wait a second. Had you been, oh, they started calling you that drywall guy. Yeah, they started it just like, <laughs> so now I'm doing these shows. And hey, I'm, who is that guy? That, dry, that drywall guy? Yeah, they introduced me to that drywall guy. And I love it. Yelling across the floor, hey, drywall guy. So I went home and I registered that. I trademarked that drywall guy. Smart. Now I own that name so they nobody could steal it. And and that's how I got the name. But now, I, now I'm doing these shows and USG is there. Trimtex is there. Um, at, JLC. at JLC. Yeah. So wait, USG Trimtex and who else? Sorry, USG Trimtex Grabber was there. Um, Grabber Taping Tools was there. So they all started sponsoring my clinic. Fuck yes. So I was getting. So now I have my own clinic. I'm no. Longer... Wait, wait, wait. How are they sponsoring your clinic? They were like, "Hey, hey, Myron, if you use our product, we'll give you another thousand dollars." No, they didn't give it to me. They gave it to LC. <laughs> I didn't get any of that money. You didn't see none of that money. <laughs> no, but it didn't matter. All of a sudden, I had my own clinic, and these people are paying JLC to be part of my clinic. But then, yeah. I, as I met these people, now all of a sudden, they want me to do stuff for them on a different platform. You know, is it, is that when you met Joe uh, with Trimtex? Yeah. Well, I met Joe. At the first show I did, the the Vegas show, yeah. I was up on the stage installing Magic Corner. And Noe Perez, who works for, he was the guy. Yeah, I know was, Noe. He was um, from Texas, guy who knew. Um, he was in the audience, and he calls Joe up, and he's like, there's a guy on stage demonstrating our products. Right. So, I, then Trimtex calls me up and they invite me out to Chicago. And that's how I started doing more things for Trimtex. And you were a, uh, you were like the first drywall artist of the year. Is that right? No, I wasn't the first. I don't think I was the first. I was in 2007, I think. You were one of the drywall artists of the year. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of a surprise because I, I don't consider myself an artist, but I'm a real advocate for yeah, 
all this stuff and the building trades, I, you know, I'm always talking very highly about yeah. builders, you know, and um, Trimtex liked that. Yeah. Wow. That I was maybe not, although I, I did a lot of fancy drywall jobs by using, you know, by using Trimtex. So did you helped. use, did you get into using the specialty corner beads, the chamfer, the step bowls and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 That stuff's fun. To, that stuff's fun, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, I yeah, remember it's a ball. one of the jobs I did, I kind of had free reign and I was building, I, I did all kinds of crazy stuff, but so I had this one archway laid out and, and there was a no, Myra, that's enough. <laughs> you know, we're not going to do any more stuff. We need to finish this job up. That's too different. It takes too long. Oh, the Trump guy wants to do it. You know, it's hard to sell wainscoting out of drywall when the the finished carpenter wants to do it. Fuck know? that trim carpenter. I you could do it cheaper and I'm not gonna yeah. have nail holes, you know. Yeah, we don't care about that trim carpenter. I did a I did a, a chair rail in my kitchen out of the step return and a yeah. piece of piece of drywall. <laughs> Four inches. Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> Just putting another layer around the perimeter of a room. I know. No stop against it. It's just like people are like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, how did you do that? It's just. I would take it a step further. Just a reveal bead, just a reveal bead around your ceiling with like an LED light. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's just endless, you know, and nobody's doing that shit, Myron. It's crazy to me, man. Like, like, you know, I talked to Joe about like, you know, they, they sort of had to discontinue, you know, pushing the specialty corner bead because it was too expensive to ship. People still weren't doing it. The drywall supply yards weren't pushing it. And it's like, man, that's, that's so sad. They said they, they did say they will still sell it. You know, I mean, dry individual drywall drywallers could still push it, but I love that stuff, man. And nobody, yeah. nobody has it. I did two houses here in Albuquerque. They're the only two houses finished in Steppe Bowl in probably in New Mexico. Like I would right. venture to say. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, the big builders, you know, like my son works for Toll Brothers and I don't know how many houses they build thousands every year. Okay. And he, so as soon as he gets hired, he's like, oh my gosh, why are we nailing on metal corner beat? Duh. So, so I, I actually wrote a little, little something for him to present at a meeting, you know, like the features and benefits of switching to right. other beats. Just even if it's, even if it's right. no, it doesn't matter. Just, right. Get away from that um, nail on a corner beat. And he, so he did a little presentation. I'm like, look, we're a national company, international. You know, how big is that? How big is that company? I don't know, but they're, they're every place. I mean, they're uh, everywhere. Okay. So they're big home. In the Denver big... area, they probably build 300 homes a year. You know? Okay. All right. So they're, they're pretty big, but um, so that would have been a great sale if we could have changed them, but it was your hot. son's, your son's in Denver, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Is that company just in the Denver area? No, no, they're, okay. they're all over. Yeah. He wanted to live out West. He started yeah. out as a, uh, now he's a, now he's a project manager. So he's okay. kind of like, um, 
Now, I don't know what he does, actually, but uh, he's bossing people around all the time. Yeah, bossing. He was smart because um, he's proficient in Spanish. So ah, really was smart. a big help. That's a big help in your career if you're going to be in the... Uh, yeah. In any more sort of management position with construction. Absolutely. Very smart. Spanish. So um, he was smart to to do that. So it's fun to go out on a job site with him and, and, uh, listen to him talking to everybody. A lot of the, yeah. a lot of the guys working there. Um, yeah. And the, probably the Hispanic, uh, workers that work for that company appreciate that as well. You know, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's just, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't ever say, you know, let's just speak English, you know, we need to get with the times and, um, yeah. you know, why, why, if it's going to benefit my career, why would I just not do it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I practice Spanish whenever I can. Uh, you know, whenever I'm around somebody that's Hispanic, I'll practice. Uh, it's very hard. You know, I, I would love to do like an immersion program where I go down to Mexico and just learn Spanish, you know, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a practice. And if you practice at it, you can pick up words and, you know, I've got a small vocabulary, but, uh, it's super cool when I'm on a job site and I can banter a little bit in Spanish. Yeah. Well, and I things have changed because when I first went into the business here, I'm in upstate New York, so we're not that far from Canada. Right. Um, French Canadians were all the drywallers. So people thought, well, you're doing drywall work and you're not French and, and from Canada, oh, you know, okay. That's who was doing all the work back then, and there still is a fair amount. Sure, uh, but um, so now yeah. they're like, "You're doing drywall, and you're not Mexican." Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You know uh, what? Okay, so you so you started doing these clinics. Uh, so that JLC was the start of that. Do, would you say, I mean, what is going through your mind? Like I could do these clinics just all year and travel around and have fun. Or did you still want to do drywall? I mean, what, what was, what did the future hold for my room? What were you looking at on the horizon? Well, I had employees at the time, so they okay. were still doing the work. So if I was gone, I was probably gone <clears throat> two weeks a month for a number of okay. years out doing presentations clinics or and would um, you sell books at these presentations would you have a bunch of books with you and sell them no 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 i would mention the book and show it to them but i didn't actively sell it you god know? you could have been signing them and shit i know i'm kind of self-conscious i i was yeah do any of that kind of stuff you know fair enough fair enough I, I would have them like like let's say I, for a while i worked for usg i would do like the international builders show and I'd be at their booth and it was, it was incredible. It was just a blast. I mean, cause we would draw this huge crowd and, and I had these really nice presentations up on this big stage. And, um, I remember it was kind of funny because the vice president of USG was in the audience. He was going to be there. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, the vice president of USG that to me, that's like meeting the president of the United States. Right. So, and Matt, and he comes up to me and he, we're talking afterwards and, you know, and he wants me, he, he has a copy of my book that he wants me to sign for him. So 
that yeah. was like a big funny, uh, thing that I did. So yeah, and I was doing stuff for USG all the time. I mean, I'd, I'd be in their office in Chicago talking about techniques for attaching their corner bead and um why weren't they didn't they offer you like a position to be like a sales rep for them yeah they wanted me to be a spokesperson for them okay okay so then i would only be working for them i wouldn't be doing stuff for trim yeah yeah or but, even doing your own jobs right you would quit all that and just go to work for usg right yeah so i actually the woman who always hired me to do these shows. She told me about this. So she's like, put together a PowerPoint presentation. You know, she kind of told me what to put in it. Then come to Chicago and give this presentation to all the decision makers. So I did that and it went really well, but then the recession of 2008 hit like the next six months and it ended. They had no in, they had no money to spend on me and the people I knew got laid off. Their sales were down. Like I, I could be wrong, but their sales were down like 80%. Oh, wow. It, it was horrible. You know, yeah. they had nothing. So, so then being innovative, I changed that presentation just a little bit and I presented it to trim sales. I, <laughs> okay. I went out to see Joe and I did this presentation there. And then they did hire me for a number of years to be like, oh, okay. For their but they were, Trimtex was probably hurting too at the time, I imagine. They oh, probably yeah, it, killed, it killed them. Killed did them. they double down on their specialty corner beads and things like that? Yeah, they kind of went more into um, commercial time. Okay. I mean, it was it was terrible. They, they used to have tractor trailers lined up, and now they just weren't lined up anymore. They yeah. had expanded their um, warehouse and they, they weren't using it because nobody was expecting that to happen. Yeah. I don't think anybody's totally rebounded from it. Um, right. It was devastating for the, so anyways, it was devastating. Like, kind of like COVID. COVID really shifted the way people do business now. Yeah. 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 It was, you know, I, basically most of the presentations I was doing were now gone. I was yeah. no longer needed. You know, they didn't have the money to spend. So I went full time right back into the small business. You know, I was just. Because you were still small, you could re, sort of rebound, recoil, regroup, focus on right. just doing your drywall again, hanging out with the boys on your crew. You probably have what, two guys? Two to four. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I had four guys. Yeah. Hang out with those dudes, do dry. You know, there was probably a trickle of drywall jobs coming in. Oh yeah. That never ended for me. You know, yeah. I still had work, plenty of work because we were well established and um, we did, we did high end work. We did. Yeah. It was a, it was a tough time. I mean, I was yeah. kind of about it because I had all these things going on and they kind of just disappeared. And, um, but I, and I, I didn't really have the energy to reestablish myself totally, although it's kind of come back. And if I had put a little more effort into social media stuff, I could probably be doing better even there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm kind of trying to enjoy 
life. Like right now, I've got a dog, and I'm thinking, where is that dog? Probably on, probably sleeping on the bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just want to be active and hike and run. Yeah. Much as I can. Well, your uh, your your sort of priorities have shifted have shifted a little bit. Yeah. But like like we started out, I'm still jealous of of you know you were talking about drywall shorty. I'm jealous of her because um, she's stealing my stuff. You know, but what I'm glad is she is a real drywall. You know. Oh yeah. She's definitely. Did you listen to the Did you listen to the Drywall Shorty podcast? I haven't yet. No, no. It's good. She's yeah. she's super sweet and just you know, she just she doesn't miss a beat, man. You know, she's very. What I like about Drywall Shorty is she's very consistent. You know, she what what you see on that video is what you hear on the podcast. Like she, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly her. Like you know, there's no uh, facade, and I, you know what? Coming to think about it, that's consistent with a lot of drywall people. You know, yeah. Uh, who who you see on who you see on uh, on the screen is actually kind of who they are. You know, very right. authentic yeah. crew. Yeah, and it's I'm glad um, because we don't want we don't want somebody just on there just because they you know, got a lot of followers. We want real people promoting the industry, you know, and I, I don't think, think, I don't think they would have a lot of followers if they were, if they weren't authentic, because you got all, authentic. you got all these drywall dudes that are like making sure their shit's legit. You know, um, I think, right, yeah. I think the drywall podcast has gotten some popularity because like I'm a drywaller and I can talk to you about corner bead, you know, and I know what we're talking. I know the difference between metal and vinyl corner bead. You know, that's a big yeah. deal. Um, it is a big deal. We want, you know, if we're going to just talk about construction, you know, yeah. we're talking to people that know, that know what construction is and, and the value of, that we have, you know. I like the drywall conversation though, and I like the stories of the drywall guys that that come in. You know, there, there's plenty here. Uh, just like oh, when you, yeah. just like when you wrote the book, um, someone at uh, Tottenham Press knew they 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 knew the same thing that I was thinking because I mean I told lots of people I want to start a drywall podcast. They're like, why? Yeah, yeah. That's the you know who nobody's gonna listen. Nobody's gonna listen, well, buddy. They, I mean, they might not have said that, but they were thinking it. Like, like, uh, just stick with the color joint compound, Nick. Right. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I was at. I do a lot of work. I was working for Habitat for Humanity for the last few years, and so I'm still doing. Like, we're drywalling a house now. Okay. And, uh, Taught and Press is coming up next week to shoot some video at, at that site. Okay. I told him I I have to I can only work till noon today. I've got to do a drywall podcast, and the, they're just a bunch of volunteers and stuff. And they're like, "What?" I mean, they're like, "You're gonna?" They're like, "Oh, that's a must see thing." I'm like, "Look at next week, we're gonna we're gonna take an hour break, and we're all gonna listen to this drywall podcast." You know, and hey, um, and you know what, Myron, to all those to all those naysayers. This has been a damn good podcast, dude. And you know what? I 
I, and and my buddy Josh, I'll let you know this too. My buddy Josh, he's a big tile guy. He does mosaic tiles. His uh, his handle is uh, Tierra Tile. He travels around to the tile shows, and and he's he's changing that industry too with hand shaped tiles. But he's been my buddy for years. But he said he listened to one or two of them, and he's listened to like ten now. So I think that it's not a lot of it. Yeah, is about drywall, but a lot of it is about how how good the the podcast is. You know, um, this has been a fantastic podcast. I really appreciate your time, man. No, same here. I, I obviously I like talking about yeah the buildings in general, and uh, I take a lot of pride in what I've accomplished. And uh, I'm not done yet. That's for sure. Yeah, you you have had a fantastic career. Just just the conversation around the book, selling a book that that is extraordinary. You know, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully this will help not only bring the drywall community together, but also bring awareness to the fact that this is a very interesting, viable, neat aspect of the construction industry that people don't consider that no. that story about the, the the people at jlc just glazing through the drywall portion of the this house they're building that is that's a reflection of how people viewed drywall and it's 80 well, it's 80 percent of the visual space in your home right right and you show up at the job you know, meanwhile, they've been pestering you. Myron, when are you going to get here? When are you going to get here? Then the day you show up, when are you going to be done? Yeah. You got to, you, hey, Myron, we got to have the electricians are coming. They're, the cabinet guys are going to be here in three days. You got three days right. to finish. And meanwhile, the Mason's been laying up this fireplace for a month. Months. Months. And it's like 1% of the visible interior. He's got all this junk in the way. Yeah. And nobody's pressuring that guy to get done. He's making 50K on one fireplace. He, but meanwhile, he can afford to take his time. You get one screw pop and they're like, oh man, is this going to be a problem? It's funny because I just hung 5,000 square feet of drywall. And I've always told people that it's about one screw per square foot, right? I use 5,000 screws. Okay. So I I just ran out as I put the last screw. So it's true. But, um, if you have only have a few screw pops, that's a pretty low percentage. Yeah. Well, and you're going to have a few anyways because of houses shifting and things like that. But uh, you and then and then they try to beat up the drywall guy on price too. Then they're they're always trying to like be like, ah, it's just drywall. You got hey, can you do yeah. any better? Can you do any better? I can. I got twelve guys <laughs> in line that'll come in and like bust out this drywall, and it's like, well, go, go my hire father him. who was. My father was a trucking and excavating business. So he did all that foundations and stuff. So he, one of his advice was, Byron, if they ask you to um, come down to your price, like let's say, his example was, Myron, if they te- if they ask you to, to maybe, if you could go $500 less, always say yes. But I won't be taping the garage, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Or I, I can do it for five hundred dollars less, but I won't backfill your foundation. Yeah. yeah, we're not sanding. Give us some value. <laughs> now all of a sudden they're like, "Oh man, that actually has value," you know. So don't ever say no. Just give it some value, and maybe, okay. yeah, you know. That, well, I was going to ask for a pearl of wisdom, but I tell you what, man, that is a pearl of wisdom right there. <laughs> like uh, you know, instead of saying no, 
just consider consider what uh what each step is worth right yeah 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 now if you did have a pearl of wisdom what would you uh what would you bestow upon the drywall community i don't know i guess maybe be proud of what you do you know because i didn't go into the drywall business because i was too dumb for lack of a better word to do anything else right you know, I flunk out of school now i gotta do drywall work i chose to do it yeah so if you actually think for one second that i just do this because i couldn't do anything else that's not true at all i do this right. i want to do it and i feel good about doing it i mean you know like the the one little funny thing i always say is i don't i've never been to a gym to exercise um but for example, sometimes I sand drywall for 11 hours. Now that's pretty good exercise. Yeah. You know, but it does keep you physically fit to a certain, you know, certain extent. You're lifting heavy stuff, dragging heavy stuff around all day. And so it's not bad for you. It's a good, it's a good profession. Um, building in general is a good profession. Yeah. Um, as long as you are proud of what you do and you don't do anything crazy. Like, you know, you see people climbing on scaffolding they shouldn't be or yeah, without a mask or anything like that. Yeah. Or get a DUI the day before they're supposed to show up to work and you got to bail them out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I show up. If, if I going to be at your house at 7 a.m., I'm going to open a door at 7 a.m. I'm going to be yeah. standing and I'm going to be dressed decently you know yeah. i'm gonna have a clean shirt and clean pants on you know yeah and the truck is not leaking oil all over your driveway either that's right that's how i got i, I got in trouble for that one time and it, it my truck didn't leak but i just parked in this gc's uh driveway once and he gave me an earful and uh never again yeah. you know little things though you pick up those things like you could ruin a driveway uh, you know, you better have some good liability insurance. And if your guys are parking in, in, uh, the driveways of homes, tell them to stop, man. Cause that can cost you a lot of money. Right. It's, it's the little things, you know, like if you chew tobacco, we're going to be spitting all day. You know, yeah. I, that's, that was, that was a problem. I ran into a few times. Well, I, I chewed tobacco and uh, I spit it into the mud boxes with the bags. I put the bags around and I'd have little spittoons all over the place. Yeah, 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 and people yeah. people get pissed off at me because they put their hand in it, you know, and try to <laughs> smoosh down the garbage. I'm like, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. What you don't want to do is spit all over the floor. You know, no. um, you just want I think it's important to have have a little awareness, you know, right. when you got to be respectful. Now, even with smoking, that was. It was hard to find a drywaller who didn't smoke back in the day. And, yeah. Uh, and you, know, yeah. I'm, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the smokers sometimes because there's no place for them to go and everybody seems to hate them. So, yeah. Hey, if you're, if you're out there and you're still smoking, we love you. We still love you through it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but, but you can't do it. You just can't you're, do it. You you're know? welcome. You're welcome on the drywall podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I don't like to be. I don't like to be uh, uh, But I'll, I'll also say this: try to. You might want to try to consider trying to quit because it's very. Yeah. It's very unhealthy. 
Uh, Myron Ferguson, that drywall guy out of Saratoga, Saratoga New York, uh, author of uh, the, the, I still don't know the name. Tell me the, <laughs> the drywall book. The, it's a dry, it's the only drywall yeah. book on the market. Uh, it, he was successful selling it. And uh, we appreciate you being on the drywall podcast today. Thank you so much, man. And uh, oh, it's been a pleasure. I would love to have another conversation with you very soon. We're going to keep in touch about that Fresco Harmony stuff. Uh, we need to be selling it in all your son's homes. So we can try to make that happen. They need to be doing Fresco Harmony stem to stern on every single home they're building over there in Denver. Because why not? Right. It's, it's a nice look. Instead of that crazy knockdown. Yeah. Get that knockdown or splatter thing. The Canadians, the Canadian, we just look, we just look bad every time I'm like, they're like, you know, you can tell too. The Canadians are like, well, we don't texture up here. You don't see that shit up here. Keep that, <laughs> keep that down there. You yank. Yeah, we don't texture here. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, New oh, York great. too. New York and the East Coast. There's like no texture. Oh, there's but, no texture. Ah, they love their, they love their they hand texture. Orange peel. I'm covering orange. Jack's covering orange peel right now. So yeah, I know. All right, buddy. Um, thank you yeah. so much. I really appreciate it, Myron. I could definitely see us having another conversation uh, down the road too. And uh, yeah, man, we'll talk soon. Well, yeah, let's let's stay in touch and try to get together in person someday. Yeah, yeah. I would like that. I, I am going to be at uh, Build Twenty Three. It's in Texas, Vegas, in March. So just to let you know, there's going to be a lot of cool people there. If you get a chance, uh, I, I would recommend. Yeah, I wrote out. that down. What was the name of that again? It's called Build 23, but it's it's uh, yeah. it's Intex. Okay. So it's it's through the it's the AWCI show. Okay. Yep. Good. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. yeah, I'd love I'd love to meet you in person, and it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Nick. I All right, sir. It. Good luck to Have, you. Thanks. Hey, you too. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Special thanks to Myron Ferguson for being on the Drywall Podcast today. I appreciate your time and your knowledge. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to every Friday with a new episode on your favorite platforms like Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also YouTube. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today exclusively by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you would like information about Fresco Harmony, The Drywall Podcast, or anything, you can email me directly, Nick Harmon, at info at frescoharmony.com. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I appreciate it. And be sure to tune in next week when we have Megan Robertson of Meg's Drywall with us. Until then, keep drywalling.